Uh, this coming this coming year, I'm excited about this coming year. In January, the Lord is moving us into a time to focus on what it means to live a consecrated life. What it means to live a consecrated life, and uh, a lot of times that doesn't mesh a lot of time with with modern Christianity. We we have a feel good religion that that permeates a lot of our fellowships, and uh, you know God hasn't necessarily called us to feel good all the time. You know we can feel good in knowing that, that uh, he's taking care of us, that, that he's providing for us, but, but he, didn't, he didn't save us. You know, the old gospel ship is not, is not a cruise ship. Oftentimes, it's a battleship. Uh, oftentimes, it's hitting some rough waves. And, and uh, there's, there's a call that when, when God begins to call you deeper in him, you start, you start disappearing more. He starts becoming more alive. And uh, you increase, he increases. You decrease, he increases. And, and all of that comes from a consecrated life. What does that mean? Is it legalistic? Is it following a ton of rules or regulate? No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's actually a very beautiful, beautiful, uh, pure relationship you get to have with him. So we're going we're gonna to dive in and, and see what that entails because he's calling us to be disciples. And discipleship doesn't mean attending church. Uh, discipleship means... Uh, Becoming like your master, becoming like your teacher, being a disciple of your teacher, and that's a daily, every day, every minute of the day type of walk and surrender. Uh, he he is uh, he didn't just come to be our savior; he came to be our our Lord as well. So, uh, so I'm excited. That's we're going to dive into that come uh, January. See what all the Lord has to say about that. And the reason why I'm excited is because He said He's going to grow the church. That's what He said about 2022. He said, "I'm going to grow the church." And by that, he means us. He's going to grow us. By the end of 2022, if we walk with him, we won't be the same type of people we are today. And uh, that's exciting to see how God wants to evolve us uh, as believers and as children. Amen. Uh, So today, though, we're talking about Advent. We're talking about Advent. As Kate said, it means the, the arrival, the arrival of something really important. It can be an event. It can be a person, uh, but but we are we are celebrating and and focusing on the arrival of our King, not just for the sake of being our Savior, but also we anxiously await His coming again for us. However, and whenever He plays that out, uh, but but we anxiously await for that Advent as well. Uh, I always feel a little bit better about. My Sunday sermons, when Kate preaches them before I actually get up here, you know, at the top of the sermon, we talk about that. She started, she got to read. I was like, well, she read half my text right there. We, we can just, yeah, I can say about three words. We can go home. Uh, and and because there's a lot of prayer and effort that, you know, we all, you know, we all do to pour into the service. And I, I you know, we, we take time during the week to say, Lord, what, what are you trying to talk to us on Sundays? And there's times, you can ask my wife, there's times I'll start trying to talk out you know, if I think God's downloading something, I'll start trying to verbalize it, right? Because you can hear something in your spirit, but it, it comes out different when it comes to English. So there's been times that I, I'll start saying, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this, I'm chewing on this. And by the time I get through talking it out here, I'm like, that sounded absolutely ridiculous. I'm not going to preach that. So, <laughs> you know, so it's always good to have confirmation when Kate gets up at the very beginning and, and says, hey, this is what the Lord's put on my heart. This is going to be the reading that we start the service out with. And I go, oh, Look at that. She's preaching my sermon. All right, God, maybe we're on track. 
Uh, so today I want to talk just about making plans. That's really what Advent was about, making plans. If you start reading the top of the Gospels, you can see all the plans that was made. There's a lot of activity going on, uh, especially you, you hop into the book of Luke. You can get some insight into uh, how John the Baptist showed up on the scene and his parents and how they were related to Mary's family. And yeah, he's a cousin of Jesus, all this stuff. There's just a lot of preparation that went into the arrival of Christ. But really, there was far more preparation that was taking place long before the Gospels for the arrival of Christ, which is kind of interesting because we still do that. When it gets around Christmas time, we start making some plans, don't we? Some of y'all were sharing your plans with me today of what you have entailed for you and your families for, for Christmas, and that's, that's exciting. It's exciting. I, I, I praise God for that. The families can get together and enjoy each other and, and, and be a part of special times together all around celebrating the birth of our Savior. And so some of you are good. Some of you start making plans. I Look, I've talked to some of y'all. Some of y'all start kicking into Christmas. As soon as you pass out the last piece of candy on Halloween night and you pull that bowl in and you close that door, you already got your spouse pulling Christmas lights down. So I've seen, well, I tell you what. Oh, we got... Is April guilty as charged? Mark says it. She's the, the the cobwebs go up and the Christmas trees go come down. <laughs> Plans. People start early on Christmas. Boy, you go out to retail stores, they start. I, you know, these days, man, you go out to like try to buy a couple of American flags to celebrate Fourth of July, and you pick up a Christmas tree, you know, and and some of these these retail stores. Uh, Plans. But God is the master planner. God is the master planner. He started planning for the first Christmas eons ago. I'm talking way long ago. Kate read a few of the prophecies. We're, we're going to reread them just because she, she stole some of my verses. So we're going to reread them. The, the, the verses she read were actually uttered 800 years before Christ was born. Think about that. 800 years before Christ. That's when you know I'm preaching, I'm on fire. I'm preaching on fire when the fire alarm's going off. Y'all pray for that fire alarm. It's been going off like crazy the last few weeks. So, uh, 800 years. So God started making preparations for the first Christmas, for the nativity, long before. You think you may be a good planner when it comes to Christmas. And God was a planner. But he started planning long before that. Matter of fact, Jesus, the whole concept of Jesus and who he was and what he was supposed to do had been around for ages. You remember, you remember the story when uh, after Jesus' resurrection and, and he hooks up with some of the disciples that were walking on the road to Emmaus and, and they were sad and they didn't recognize him. And he comes out of the bushes walking along with them and he says, what you so sad for? And they're like, where have you been? You know? Hey, our master, we've been, we've been following this teacher for a few years, thinking, hoping he may be the Messiah. And before you know, we went, to, we went to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. Next thing you know, he's getting crucified. He's dead. And not only that, they're hunting his followers down. We don't even know what's supposed to be going on now. And so Jesus, they still didn't recognize him, so he starts talking about himself. And he goes through the prophets. But before he goes through the prophets, look at this. He, he starts with Moses. 
Moses, long before the prophets, long before the Israelites actually settled into their promised land. This is Moses addressing the people, and he's talking about Jesus. Deuteronomy 18, starting with verse 15, Moses continued, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, a prophet like me from among your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him, for this is what you yourselves requested of the Lord. This is what you yourself requested of the Lord when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. Now, if you remember around Pentecost or Shavuot, uh, uh, we, we preached about the Mount Sinai experience, how people said, whoa, you know, because God wanted to talk to everyone. But everyone freaked out at God's pyrotechnic show and said, Moses, you talk to God, and then you tell us what he said, because he's, we're going to die if we listen to him. And that's what he's referring to. He said, this is what you wanted. You requested of the Lord your God when you were assembled at Mount Sinai. You said, don't let us hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore or see this blazing fire, for we will die. Verse 17, then the Lord said to me, what they have said is right. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth. When John the Revelator saw, saw the, the uh, uh, vision of Jesus, he had a sword coming out of his mouth. It was the word of God. It's funny because so God said, I'm going to put my words in his mouth and he will tell the people everything I command of him. Jesus said that. He said, I only preach what the fathers told me. I only say what the Father said. Look at that. And yet Moses is prophesying about this way back thousands of years earlier. 19, I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages of the prophet, uh, messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. So God planned for Jesus way longer than what a lot of people realize, right? But what about this nativity? What about this Christmas because we got to make some Christmas plans. God's making Christmas plans. He's going to throw a Christmas party, the first Christmas party. And God started planning. He started planning. Well, Kate read to us from Isaiah. Well, that was 800 years before Christ. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good head start on a Christmas party, isn't it? But it went even further than that. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. In the Garden of Eden, do you realize that God started planning the first Christmas right in the Garden of Eden, right at the fall of man. Adam and Eve, they ate the fruit. So God's having to deal with the serpent now, right? He's, he's, he's making provision. All of a sudden, God's perfect paradise, his perfect world, sin has now been introduced into the world. And so from now on, everything will be thrown into a state of chaos and decay because of original sin coming in. All offspring of Adam and Eve would be born into sin now because of their, their sin. Yet, God already had a plan. He already had a solution. And he prophesied. The first prophecy in the Bible takes place right here, Genesis chapter 3. And God himself prophesied. Check this out. And I will put enmity. He's speaking to the serpent, right? He's speaking to Satan. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, the reason why I, I highlighted her seed here, notice he said, I will put enmity between you, Satan, and her seed. Normally when God talks to people about their seed or their children, their offspring, or even their generational abundance that they'll have, he talks to the man. Abraham, your seed will number as many as the stars of the heaven, the sands of the of the beach. 
Anytime he would talk about someone's seed, he would address the man. Why? What was biology, right? Men have seed, women have eggs, correct? So, but notice it says, I'm going to put enmity between your seed, Satan, and not Adam's seed, her seed. Why? Because he's prophesying of a virgin birth. There you go. Look, I'm going to put enmity between it, and there's going to be someone born that a man's not going to be involved. You got this man to fall, but I'm going to, I'm going to birth someone who's no longer under the law of sin. So it will be a virgin birth. So he prophesies about the virgin birth way back in the Garden of Eden. That's pretty, that's pretty wild. God already said, hey, I know y'all messed up. I know you introduced sin into the world. Don't worry. I got a plan. In the midst of doling that issue out, aren't you glad that no matter what, how big of a mess you make sometimes, God's already got a plan. You may think your whole world's on fire. He's got a plan. So he issues a solid. And now what's awesome is he shall bruise your head. In the Hebrew, it actually says crush. He shall crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, now Satan bruised the heel of Jesus. He wounded him on the cross. But in doing so, Christ crushed the head or the headship or the authority, the power that Satan had over the world. He is now a defeated foe. The Bible says he goes about at like a roaring lion. He didn't say that he goes about as a roaring lion. He just acts like one. He's defeated. He's rendered powerless. After Jesus' resurrection, he, one of the first things he said to his disciples is, all authority under heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority has been given to me. Any authority that Satan had on the planet, gone, stripped, robbed, taken back because he crushed the headship or the authority of Satan. So God started making plans. That's a pretty good plan. That's a pretty good planner, I would think. All the way back to the Garden of Eden, he started planning the first Christmas party. Anyone ever been in charge of the Christmas party at work? And then they hand it to you like two weeks before you're supposed to do it, right? Now, God wasn't like that. He started thousands and thousands of years beforehand. Now, let's, let's hop up to Isaiah. These are the scriptures that Kate read. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, here we are again, a virgin birth. 800 years before Christ would be born, God's still making plans through his prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. It's going to be so glorious and wonderful that God, the creator of the entire universe, is going to somehow fit himself into a little baby body and be born of a virgin. That sounds like a crazy Christmas party to me. Isaiah chapter 9, 6 and 7, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Remember we said Emmanuel, God with us, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's what the, the Howells were talking to us today about. They lit the candle of peace. Uh, man, this I'm, I'm telling you, this little bit of holy information we're about to get into in a, in, a, in a minute should give all of us some peace during this Christmas season. 
Numbers, uh, verse seven, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. And I love this line, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. In other words, what it's saying is God in his excitement is gonna do this. So for all you Scrooges out there, even God got in the Christmas spirit. He got excited about Christmas. He got excited about what he was gonna be doing. 800 years beforehand, he's getting pumped for it. Look at that. So we're gonna have a Christmas party. He started planting in the Garden of Eden 800 years prior, he mentions, he, he gives, he, he spills the beans a little bit to Isaiah, and Isaiah got a little inside scoop. He's telling everybody, you're not going to believe this. We're going to have a Christmas party. What is that? I don't know, but he's been planning it, and here's some of the things he's planned, and he spills the beans. Well, where is it at? We got to figure out, where was this first Christmas party at? Where'd it go down at? At the manger, but where? Bethlehem. Well, was that spur of the moment? No, look at this. This is cool stuff. Micah, now Micah, the prophet Micah, was hanging out 700 years before Christ. So 700 years before Christ. But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from from of old, from everlasting. So even 700 years beforehand, he already booked the location. That's a master planner right there. God makes some incredible plans. 700 years beforehand, he booked it. Can't nobody reserve it. So, ooh, what'd you book? You booked you book the best hotel conference room? No, I booked that cave right over there. It's got a, they use it for a barn. What? What's supposed to go down in that? You remember, the virgin's going to have a son, and that son is going to be me, wrapped in clothes. Really? I've been working on it for thousands of years. It's going to be great. Now, we, get, we got some cast members that showed up, right? So you got, like, how many people put out manger scenes yet? Anyone, anyone put out? See, I got a manger scene. I already got it put out, so... All right, so you got most manger scenes have, have a few cast members, right? Who shows up? You got shepherds, then you got wise men. Someone say, well, well, wise men really probably didn't show up till almost like months later and blah, blah. Yet I get it, I know, all right? I don't care. Don't take the wise men out of my manger scene. That's all I'm saying. I know historically, maybe it's not the most accurate, but it's just, just what it's supposed to be about, okay? Just, so was that spur of the moment? No, he already had the guest list set. Check this out. Book of Psalms. Man, David, I love David and all of his boys. They get to worshiping God and writing songs. And before you know it, they were prophesying about stuff to come. Look at this. Psalm 72, 9 through 11, verse 9. Those who dwell in the wilderness. That's talking about shepherds. They were off. The wilderness was the hillsides. Those who dwell out there because they're out shepherding the sheep. Those who dwell in the wilderness will bow before him and his enemies will lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles bringing presents, bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. Yes, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations will serve him. So even 
Even when David was trying to sit down and write him a good song, he would get an inside scoop for the first Christmas party. I'm telling you, God made some serious plans for the first Christmas. Now, how is that supposed to apply to us? Because of God thought enough of us that he wanted to reconcile us because our great-great-great-great-great-grandmother and grandfather messed it up, introduced sin into the world, Adam and Eve, and if immediately he started making plans to redeem us to him, that must mean that we are pretty valuable to him. And if he will make plans for us, think how much more he has made plans already for you and for me. How long ago was he making plans for you? Psalm 139.16 says this, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment, think about that, every moment, every moment of your life was laid out before a single day had passed. He made some plans for you before you even stepped foot into this realm. That means every single day of your life, while he gives you free reign and free choice, you can choose whatever you want to do. But every day of your life, he had recorded. Every moment he had recorded. That means every moment of your life, he had provision waiting for you. Whether you choose to take it or not, whether you choose to accept it or not, whether you choose to go left when he said, well, you know, I, I kind of had some stuff for you over here on the right. But regardless, every day of your life was already, he planned, he made some plans for you. He had a whole book ready for you. Say, Lord, I need you. You see my world's about to collapse on me. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that chapter. Hang on, hang on. I got it right here. Yeah, I already got, I already got things for you. I already got provision for you. I'm already there. I'm waiting on you. Have peace. If I know how to plan a Christmas party, I can plan your life. I can be there for your life. Trust me. I won't show up. I won't show up late. You also don't show up early, but that's all right. Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, we all love, we love quoting this, but I, I, I love the next two uh, verses too. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Look at verse 12, though. After, after he's made those plans, he says this, in those days when you pray, I'm going to listen. Isn't it awesome? The creator of the entire universe, the God that had it so under control that when Adam and Eve blew it, he already had the plan waiting for him. The God who said, look, before you were even in your mother's womb, I had your book already written. I already knew what was going to take place in all the days of your life. And I had provision on every one of those days, every moment of your life. That's a powerful God. And yet, he loves you so much that even when you pray, he's, he's listening. And then verse 13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Isn't that awesome? Even in some of the most difficult situations, and troubles and trials, even when it seems like all the lights go out. If you look hard enough, you're going to find them. 
you'll see them. In the midst of all the nuclear fallout, there you are, God, leaning up against the wall. I didn't see you there initially. He said, hey, I already knew about this day. I've been hanging out waiting for you to, waiting for you to get here so I can walk you through it. Why? Because he's making plans. And I'm telling you, 2022, go into it with great peace, great expectancy like we talked about last week, and great hope, great joy, great love. Why? Because he's already got it mapped out. And everything you need, he promised, I will provide for you. I will provide your needs. Everything you need for every situation you're going to face does that mean it's just going to be a year full of blessings and happy, happy, joy, joy? Oh, I wish. But if it's like every other year we've gone through, there are going to be some difficult challenges come next year. But the joy is he's already mapped it out. He's made some plans. And the provision is there. Let's all stand.